What's up, Halo fam? Halo Joe here. Just wanted to thank each and every one of you for checking out this new episode. Make sure to keep it tuned here to Halos in the Infields Baseball Network all season long as we drop content every day. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure to crack the like button and leave a comment. Make sure you also smash that bell icon to be notified every time we drop an episode or go live. Also, check us out on our other platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. We can also be found on Apple Pod, Podbeam, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave that five-star review. Thank you again, Halo fam, and with that, let's get this show on the road. Make sure you check out our sponsor over at 714 Tickets. They take pride in providing their customers with transparent pricing and excellent service. With 714 Tickets, you don't have to worry about hidden fees or surprises at checkout. The price you see is the price you pay. Plus, our team is dedicated to ensuring that you have the best shopping experience possible. And as a special thank you, we're offering a 10% discount on your purchase as well as entering you in a drawing for a free Halos jersey. Also, 5% cash back on your purchase. Only when you use the promotional code HITI at checkout. That's H-I-T-I, HITI. Get ready to shop with confidence and discover great deals today over at 714 Tickets. Welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, the podcast you know and love. It's shooting up the charts. Sound like Casey Kasem. But uh, we're here uh, talking about the Texas series as it's uh, currently being played as we speak after the game yesterday. And then also the series prior to that. We'll catch you up on all the news and notes. But first, I am Todd Fox and the other host of the show. Hey, hey, hey. My name is Fernando, the Lone Star Halo. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The Lone Star Halo in the house. Yeah, we were supposed to record on Sunday, but it's my fault that we didn't. <laughs> no, nah, nah, dude, a couple of those instances have come up where I haven't been able to either, so don't even worry about it, man. Things happen, man. You had a rough Sunday, so. Yeah, right. I was for for all of our listeners, I was stuck in the Detroit airport for 13 hours. Yikes. Yeah. Just a beautiful in, city. Yeah, yeah, sure. Stuck in Detroit for 13 hours outside of the airport's bad, but it's got to be even worse inside, so there. Well, I thought about going to Comerica Park because I hadn't been to that park yet, and but it was 18 miles away from the airport, and mm-hmm. a lift was going to be $43 going to the game, which you knew was going to be what? Probably double afterward because you know how they charge that charge, oh, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. after events. Yeah. So realistically, it probably would have been like 60 bucks on the way back. So I was like, I don't know, man. Plus tickets would have been like, what, 120 150 total with food and everything. I was like, is it worth it? Well, I but, think with food, you, you would have been paying close to two. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I probably should have, but you know, hindsight is 2020. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. yeah. Next time I'm stuck there for 13 hours. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be, you'll be planned and well rested and ready to go. Yeah. So, so let's get started, man. Um, what do you want to kick it off with first here? We need news and notes first, or you want to talk about the series that was prior? Well, you know, I'm kind of thirsty, but I'm not in Anaheim, but if I was, where would be a good place to get a drink? Do you know? Uh, I think this place called Noble L works and they tend to, when you mention halos in the infield, uh, they tend to take a dollar off your drinks. And then if you're there during a game, they have two for nine specials. If you mention halos in the infield and 
that's buy one, get one pint free after the seventh inning. Wait, 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 wait. So after the seventh inning, I can take a hot date over to Noble and she won't think I'm cheap? No, you, Be- could, you could say, hey, I'm going to buy two rounds. And you actually do buy two rounds for the price of two or, or four. Wow. You get four rounds. I'm sorry. My math wow. is bad. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> That's why you're a podcaster. Yes. I don't qualify for anything else. Thank you. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh, okay. Now let's just say that, you know, I, I want to go to the game, mm-hmm. but I don't have tickets. Should I use StubHub? No. Uh, Roger, you mind telling us? 714 tickets, 714 tickets, 714 tickets gets you 10% off only by saying halos in the infield. No hidden fees, no taxes. The price you see is a price you get, and you get an additional 10% off plus 5% towards your next purchase and enter in to win for a free jersey courtesy of halos in the infield and 714 tickets. And can we use that code only one time, or can it be used as much as a Buena Park Gigolo? Buena Park Gigolo over and over and over. <laughs> the John Stamos Gigolo. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, Yard Works out of the way. Oh, give us a, a, a subscription if you're on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Let us know how Todd's hair is looking today in the comment section down below. <laughs> <laughs> give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and hell while you're at it when you call your mom i tell her to listen to the show as well exactly yeah rally chris loves the mamas sure does <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're uh we're, we got another show here for you the angels are playing pretty good right now right uh well maybe not as we speak but uh <laughs> overall yeah i mean what they won is it eight out of the last like nine or something eight out of 11 or something like that or they're 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 Winning more often than not, they're trying to go over six games over 500 right now. They got themselves right back in the thick of things as far as within striking distance of the division. So they're starting to mold a little bit better. They're starting to play a little bit better. And who knows, um, if they can get back in this division race, uh, we could be talking about some really, really important games. And actually, because a lot of times by now, the fans are starting to tune out over the last four or five years. Because, you know, as we approach the All-Star game, it's like we start just worrying about who's going to be in the All-Star game instead of worrying where this team's at because usually they're fading or usually they're out of it or they're just playing very, very mediocre baseball. But they're starting to improve on all levels, especially that bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for the first time in a long time, we might actually have a pitcher in the All-Star game. Who was our last pitcher in the All-Star game? Starting pitcher or are you talking a reliever? Either one. I know Hector Santiago in 2015, but has there been someone more recent than that for a pitcher? I, I mean, Ota- I'm not counting Otani. I'm not yeah, counting Otani. For anyone who's like, oh, Otani. Yeah, obviously. But outside, did Iglesias make it while he was here to the All-Star he did, break? He did not. Okay, well, then I, I don't know then. Because uh, you know, there was only a select few pitchers before that I knew that made it for the Angels, but uh, no. Okay, I saw, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. You know, you've been normally – Lately, you've been compared to a trout hater. You're not a trout hater. I'm going to throw that out there. And let's be clear. He's going to make the all-star game because he's trout. Mm -hmm. Does he deserve to make the all-star game where we currently are? 243 at-bats. He's batting 255, which is only slightly above league average. 14 home runs, 37 RBIs. Oh, but hey, he got a stolen base yesterday. 
<clears throat> yeah, those those to me are very mediocre numbers, um, especially for a guy like that has a resume of Mike Trout. And we know he could be a hell of a lot better had he not been in such a slump and catching up to these fastballs. We're talking a guy who probably is around, uh, you know, tiny numbers are probably better. You know, the fact he only has 14, we're used to him having about 20, 22 at the break. And uh, he's only got 14. That's that's really down. And, and uh, you know, RBI is maybe because over the last couple of years, he's had nobody on. So, like, he hasn't finished even a full year with 100 RBIs. He's usually getting, like, 40 home runs, 89 RBIs. But he should have a lot more RBIs this year with the team ahead of him, the guys who've been on base ahead of him. I mean, he's batting literally one, I think it's 190 or 189 with runners. I have the numbers over, oh, sorry, over with running and scoring positions, yeah. Sorry, I have the numbers for his last couple of games. Okay. So last 30 games, he's batting 213 with 38 strikeouts. In his last 15 games, 151 with uh, 20 strikeouts. And the last seven games, 174 with nine strikeouts. Now, everyone's going to be like, well, he's getting on base. Yeah, you're right. In his last 30, he's on base percentage of 338. Last 15, on base percentage of 313. And his last seven, on base percentage of 355. So is the man still getting on base? Yes. But he's not getting hits. And not even that, he's struggling to make contact, clearly with the amount of strikeouts he has. Yeah, he's continually late on the fastball. We talked about this popping into right field, uh, far right field. And then he's also late on the inside fastballs. And it's just crazy to see if, you know, a hitter of his caliber being challenged so much. You know, they're not even nibbling. They're just like, here it is, hit it. And he can't hit it. Yeah, he has... He's been struggling for sure. Now, I'm very aware that Trout has been streaky in the past, but I don't know if we've ever had a streak where it's going 30 games. No. So, you know, am I worried? Maybe not yet. Once we start hitting the end of the year and we're talking about him batting 255, then yeah, then I'll be worried. Until then, I will continue to give Trout the benefit of the doubt because he has earned that. You know, I, I, I can't imagine him being down forever. I understand Father Time's undefeated, but he is only what thirty-one years old. Yeah, he's thirty-one years old. He won't be ter- thirty-two till the end of the season. Till August eighth, I yeah, believe that's his birthday. There. August seventh, August eighth. Yeah, I, I just feel right now that if he can get if he can get hot, which he can, he can go on a tear where he does put up similar numbers to what he has for a season in one month. I think that would propel the Angels to. Uh, to higher to higher uh, levels that they haven't been, and and because we're seeing Shohei kind of uh, you know get things together, and he's hitting really hot now. All of a sudden, juries come around. Ward's starting to hit. You know, uh, just right now, you don't you don't know what you're going to get with Rendon. He's a hit and miss, literally. But if Trout can get anywhere kind of consistent, I'm telling you, this lineup's going to take off. Absolutely. And I guess the good news here is that Trout hasn't been on his game so far this season and that this team is still in a decent position. Mm-hmm. So that gives me hope that maybe near the end of the year, he's going to heat up when the rest of the team regresses. Baseball is a sport of peak and valleys. And Trout typically has made a career out of struggling at the very end of a season, right? Mm-hmm. He tends to get cold when the team, you know, kind of needed. Like in 2015, I remember in the month of September, he was struggling. Yeah. So. You know, hopefully that's some good news. Now, speaking of somebody who's struggling, I want your opinion on Jared Walsh. Now, you know, he is coming off of injury. You know, he had surgery in the offseason. 
He had his insomnia. You know, he's had his off the field issues with things like that. Are you worried yet about Jared Walsh or do you mind giving him a little bit of a leash right now just because you know what he's dealing with? I honestly would have liked to see more rehab stints for him, obviously, till he felt like he was on a roll because six for 52, I am worried. Uh, you know, a guy like him, again, if he if he if this was coming off 2021, I'd say, no, I'll give him more of a leash. But he's coming off of 2022 where he was just as miserable. And you could blame that on the injury. You could blame that on everything else that was, you know, contributing to it. But I think right now his swings are just so flat and he keeps getting struck out by the same pitches, which is high and inside, high and outside, or just low in the dirt. It seems like him and Renfro are just, if it's in the strike zone, they don't want to swing, you know, and that's what they're doing. They're just swinging at stuff that's out of the strike zone all over the place. And these pitchers have way better stuff when their pitches are out of the zone, they have more movement. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're not able to catch up to any of those pitches and especially Walsh right now, he can't hit the broad side of a barn. He looks miserable out there. Yeah, him and Trout both to, seem to really be struggling to hit a fastball right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in, you know, maybe two, three weeks if we're still talking about Jared Walsh struggling. Now, I know they just signed Daniel Murphy to a minor league contract. And, you know, it's been since 2020 since he's played, but he was a good hitter throughout his career. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a good depth move. They put him in triple a for now, you know, he's a first baseman. So maybe we'll see what comes out of that, but let's just say nothing happens with that. Cause the angels aren't very good at resurrecting careers. Let's be honest. So with <laughs> that being said, could you see an Avenue where the angels are potentially exploring a trade deadline move for a serviceable first baseman? I'm not saying we're going to go out there and get, you know, a prime Eric Hosmer. But I'm saying, like, can you see the Angels maybe going for, you know, an average guy, maybe a CJ Cronesque type of guy? Absolutely. Absolutely. I could see them doing that because, I mean, the way they look at it, you know, Urshel is supposed to be the backup towards, you know, Rendon. And Rendon's always in or out. You know, you could use Urshel at first base, but the glove of freaking Walsh is still so valuable. So you would have to get a first baseman with a really good glove and that could play decent hit for average. But I do think the angels are going to, you know, it's crept in their head. You know, they, they weren't thinking that, you know, that they would have to go out and do something like that. They thought they had a pretty good rotation of infielders to take care of every, everyone's spots in case Walsh needed a day. You got Urshela in case or Rendon needed a day. You got Urshela. And then you also can sprinkle in the outfield or in the infield spots some Renifo to uh, to to uh, to give some time to either Neto or a Drury. So I, you know, the the plan is there. It's just there hasn't been the execution uh, hitting wise, especially with Walsh. So yeah, I I can easily see them going out and taking a, a, a you know a literal swing at another player because maybe you know maybe Walsh isn't a hundred percent and you might have to shut him down. Yeah, I I just look. CJ Crone is on a has one more year left on his contract. He's currently injured, but he's making like 7.2 million. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, that's the kind of guy who I think the Angels go out there and get a rental. I don't think they're gonna go out and get a long-term first baseman. You know, I still think they have a lot of hope for Jared Walsh. Mm -hmm. And the last thing the Angels need right now is another long-term contract. It's the last thing they need. Because if we don't make the playoffs and Shohei Otani leaves, no, I'm not manifesting that. I'm knocking on wood as we speak. Yeah, but what I am saying is, if Otani leaves and we don't make the playoffs, we need to take a very, very long, hard look at a rebuild. 
So with yeah. that being said, he can't be taking on a bunch of potential dead money contracts. So, you know, you need more of these rental guys, you know, the, the Urshela's, the Renfro's of the world. And, and that's another guy who's struggling. Yeah, that's what I was bringing up. Renfro's been terrible. But uh, just a quick update on the game since we're broadcasting during the game and watching it. Uh, the Angels just uh, pulled within one. Rendon singled and scored uh, a Drury. Um, but then with two, uh, with a one on, the uh, Hunter Renfro just gave the Angels a lead, two-run homer. Oh, well, there you go. I'm a speak of the devil. Yeah, he just came through. So, obviously, these numbers are pre-home run, but in 242 at-bats, he's batting 240 this year with 11 home runs. Now it's 12. 31 RBIs. So, once again, not updated up to the minute, but his last 30 games, the man's batting 224. His last 15 games, he's batting 172. Yep. And in his last seven, he's batting 111. You can divide his weight in half, and or you can multiply 111 by two and not get his weight still. Boy, both are men. <laughs> See, you qualify as a podcaster as well. Oh, that's <laughs> racist. <laughs> Put him on rocks. <laughs> no, I'm just saying our, our math sucks tonight. Um, yeah, but no, uh, you're you're ac- absolutely correct. I mean, the way Renfro's been swinging too. I mean, you got two easy outs, it seems, in that lineup. And for a while there was Ward, but at least Ward's starting to loosen up a bit, not having that flat swing. But I'm seeing the same kind of swings from both of these hitters up until tonight with Renfro's homer. Um, they've been automatic outs. And Renfro's a guy, too, that maybe Trout thinks he's Renfro, where he can be ice cold and then just come alive because – Throughout Renfro's career, I'm sure you saw a lot of it with your dad being a Padres fan and being in San Diego, Renfro's career early on. He was the same kind of hitter. I mean, one month he blow it open. You're like, man, this guy could be an all-star. Because I was thinking, man, this guy could hit like 40 home runs for us this year the way he started in April. And he, man, has he cooled off. Well, I mean, let's get one thing straight. Hunter Renfro is significantly closer and on pace right now to be the kind of player that he is compared to Trout. Trout, you know, batting 255 is concerning because he's a – He's a 290 to 310 hitter. Mm-hmm. He's a 40 to 50 home run kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro is going to get you anywhere from 20 to 30 home runs. And he's going to be somewhere in the 250 to 255 ballpark. So he's still in range of doing that. You know, he just hit his, what, 12 homer. So, you know, he's not, he's going to be close to where he should be come the end of the season. And I still, uh, I might be eating crow for this, but where we currently stand, I wouldn't be upset if I woke up in the morning and heard that the Angels signed Renfro to a three-year, $45 million contract. Okay. You know, I, I think he's like a 15 mil a year kind of guy. You know, he'll give you that kind of production. And I, I'm not upset about paying, you know, $15 million for a guy who's going to hit, you know, 30 bombs. He's going to get you about 90 RBIs. That's actually a steal. I like yeah. that. You know, if they were to sign him for under 50 mil, three years, that's not bad at all. Yeah. But you know, with the way baseball's trending, he's going to get like $165 million. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just how baseball's going. So. Well, one guy I wanted to ask you about or actually two, because it came up a lot on the post game last night. And that is the problem we thought we were going to have with pitching or not pitching, catching. And. Oh no. Thice and and uh, Wallach have been coming through. Third pinch hit home run for Wallach. And a guy like, you know, Thice, again, the other night, he was, again, two for two uh, with a couple walks. I mean, how impressed are you with 
Thice and Wallach, man, just being so good when we thought we were kind of royally screwed there for a minute. Yeah, um, they've, they've stepped up. You know, all you ever want out of a team that's supposed to contend is to have that next man up mentality. And both of these guys seemingly have that. With that being said, I think that one of these guys should probably get traded at the deadline. And before people oh. freak out and call me stupid, Chad Wallach's trade value is as high as it's ever going to get right now. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Matt Thice. So you need to take a long look in the mirror and say, do we need both of these guys right now? Or can we use one of these guys to help us get a piece we do need? Maybe another starter. Maybe a man in the back end of the uh, of the bullpen. And obviously, you're probably going to have to pair these guys with somebody else. I don't think Chad Wallace can get you Marcus Simeon. But, you know, Chad Wallace can be part of a package that might be able to get you a guy like a, like a Marcus Simeon, like an Aroldis Chapman, something like that. So, because what's going to happen when Ohapi does return? Yeah. You know, and that might not be this year. You're taking that risk. But like I said, when he does come, do you need Wallach, Matt Dice, Max Stassi, who's still going to be on contract for $5 million? Or, and Ohio, that's just a lot of guys. It is true. And a lot of catchers, a plethora of catchers, because we're not used to that. But I think it's safe to say, though, we won't have Stassi the rest of the year. He's on the 60-day d- disabled list or IL. Yeah, but, you know. What, which makes me wonder, well, now he is on the IL because I was going to say, so he's getting paid. Does this count against his service time? But it must because he is getting paid. He's not, he didn't take a leave or anything like that. Nope. No, he didn't. So, I don't know, man. You got to do a lot right in your life to get paid, what, $5 million I think he's making to not play or in, from what I know, be present even. Yeah. He's, he, I haven't seen a dude since what, spring training? Did he play in spring training? I don't. I don't remember. I'm I, not going to make a comment on something I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think he played in spring training. But I mean, like he was. On, I. I remember seeing him walking in, like with the other players. Okay. But, yeah, but I. He wasn't. I know he wasn't eligible to play. But oh, yeah. Uh, so there you go. But like I said, do we really, really need that many catchers? I mean, if you're honest with yourself, you understand what I'm saying, right? You have to take a long, hard look at maybe trading one of those guys at the deadline. Everyone needs catching all the time. That's true. You know, I mean, if Wallach is, yeah, if Wallach is in there for a good need for somebody else, because the way I see it right now, they're 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 complementing each other so good. Yeah. Know? Um. So I I don't know. I mean, unless you're unless you're you got a backup plan, like if Quero, you want to take a shot at him. I know he's very very young. And, and that was the other thing I was going to say. You have him in the wings. You know, what two years he'll be ready. Yeah, that dude's blowing through the minors right now. Um, he could. They were saying that he he could possibly be a uh what is it called a september call-up so who knows maybe. yeah i mean could very well be a, a zach netto type guy i mean you know say what you want about perry and the team he's built over the years but uh perry obviously knows how to draft guys and i know edgar Quarrell was an international signing but knowing what perry's done with the scouting side of the organization in terms of draft picks i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt right now for international signings so hopefully he his him and his boys have the same kind of eye for international signings as they do for drafts because um, man these draft picks that Perry's made has a lot of them have already started to pan out and a lot of the others who haven't gone to the majors yet are flourishing in the minors. Absolutely, I mean, 
it's it's just we talked about the other night how they rank the Angels farm system so low yet again like the Dodgers you know they have one of the best uh minor league systems it seems like with the exception of like I think one or two position players everyone they pulled up besides that and the guys for the bullpen and starters because they've had a hell of a lot of injuries they've not panned out they're all sporting like 780 ERAs whereas the Angels pull these guys up and and just one right after another they're putting up zeros yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand the minor, the Angels minor league system isn't highly ranked and highly touted around the league, but uh, I'm encouraged with what we've seen so far. Me too, because there are diamonds in the rough that have come up. There's also been good signings by him, yep. um, you know, Webb and uh, also Davinsky. So there's a lot to uh, be happy about. Uh, what do you want to move on to next, my man? Uh, let's talk about the Mariners series, right? Cause we, we talked about the cup series, right? Did we? Yes, we did talk about the cup series. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's talk about the Seattle Mariners series. So let's start off with the day on Friday mm-hmm. we had done. That was the day we did the live stream mm-hmm. for starters. Thank you for everyone who tuned in. That was a lot of fun to do. I, I, I remember like getting off that night and I like, being legitimately sad that it was over. That was like the most fun <laughs> I've had watching a game from home my hotel room yeah uh in a long time that was a that was a lot of fun uh and it was a good game oh yeah it was it was much we we kept saying how it was much lot not like the uh one from before the first one with houston (laughs) so so this one this one was really fun from start to finish um you know uh just a lot of drama and then i like i said when i told you the next day i listened to it on my phone with my phone in my pocket obviously at work and um, not getting the visual, but listening to how we called the game, I mean, I, it was pretty cool to hear our reactions. And you know, when a play would take place, something big was awesome. I, I thought I thought the comments were great. I just everything was nice. Yeah, and it was also really nice to hear from people saying like, "Wow, like you guys actually provided coverage that they didn't even do on Apple TV." You know how we yeah. were able to break down Estevez and his performance. We were able to talk about that play where Neto threw the ball to third because he wasn't going to make that throw to first. Like, people were – multiple people were telling us, like, oh, dude, they didn't even talk about that on Apple TV, but you guys did. Like, you know, I like listening to you guys. And it's unfair, right, because we have a bias towards the Angels. So, naturally, we're going to cover things like that. Apple TV has to be unbiased. They never are, but their job is to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least on paper it's supposed to be, but it didn't yeah, turn exactly. out that way. We had a good time, but yeah, that Seattle game was a really good matchup. You know, uh, it was Otani versus uh, Castillo, a guy that Angel fans, including ourselves, wanted when he was still being dangled out there by the Reds. Depoto yep. beat him to uh, beat us to him, but he had he had owned us. You know, the previous uh, two three starts, and uh, you know Otani been you know kind of struggling, and it, it looked like oh man, we're going to be calling another blowout the way it started, uh-huh. but boy, he settled in, and the game just got really intense as it went on, right? Yeah, Otani gave up three earned runs, which is, in fairness, less than he has lately. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's definitely a couple of uh, sirens going off in my head about Shohei Otani. You'd like to think that he's going to turn the corner as a pitcher. He has as a hitter. He's officially hot as a hitter. But, uh, yeah, Otani on the pitching side, I'd like to see a little more out of him. But, uh, you know, time will tell. Yeah, and he uh, – he... He's he battled through a few uh, first couple of innings right there. The the you know the Mariners uh, with Castillo, he was doing his thing. It looked like boy, we we're going to be shut down there for a while, but he kept us in it, and we were able to uh, tie the game. 
and uh, and uh, really start to put the pressure on the Mariners, even grabbing the lead. A couple good defensive plays. I mean, uh, the the place was rocking there. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's one thing you alluded to was the fact that Otani was able to settle in after the first inning, and you're right. You know, one of the most important things as a pitcher is can you recover after mistakes, and he did. So I will say that. Logan Webb did a stellar job after the injury to Ben Joyce. Uh, thankfully, he doesn't have any uh, damage to his arm. It mm-hmm. was, you know, just some kind of weird, uh, what was it, thing with his nervous system? Yeah, he just I don't couldn't know. really feel uh, the, the tips of his fingers there for a minute. Yeah, I don't know. It's a circulation thing. I'm, I'm not a yeah, doctor. could be. Uh, Sam Bachman continued to look good. He's looked really good uh, since his initial appearance. Correct. Uh, he's looks like he's gotten his command in there, so he was able to hold the lead. And then Estevez continues to be that guy, man. He has been a godsend for this Angels bullpen. Mm-hmm. Dare I say, you know, maybe Kehada getting hurt wasn't a bad thing because it forced Phil Nevin to give Estevez the keys to the kingdom. And I don't think he would have done that if Kehada was still involved. No disrespect to Kehada. He's a good pitcher, too, and he can throw hard for a lefty. But uh, Estevez just needs the keys to the kingdom right now. He, he's earned it. Estevez right now has 15 saves currently, right? Uh, I don't think so, man. That was his, like, 17 save that oh. day, I think. Well, if, he ha- if, if he's, like, say, for instance, he's around 23 to 25 by, and by the All-Star break, and maybe he's 25 out of 26 or 24 out of 25, do you give him that All-Star nod? Yeah, I I think he deserves it. You know, luckily uh, fans don't vote pitchers in, mm-hmm. um, because you know our pitchers will probably never get in. That's the case, <laughs> but uh, he deserves it, man. He's he's looked great. He is absolutely stellar right now. Yeah, he's got seventeen saves. Okay, seventeen. Yeah. So like, because I've I've always noticed that when in you know when they add guys that are closers to a bullpen in the All Star game, they got to at least have twenty or twenty three to get in you know they they never let a guy as dominant as he is 15 for 15 so if something like that were to happen i like his chances for getting in because he like you said he's been a godsend i mean davinsky the other guys who have been helping them set up and we haven't even seen more yet and more i don't know if you have an update on that but more is he's he's close right to returning yeah so he's already throwing um he's uh, he's progressing i think pretty soon here to throwing off a mound so my guess is if all goes well, bearing any kind of, you know, setbacks, he should be back in the next week is, is my personal opinion. But, um, you know, yeah, time will tell. Yeah, that was, uh, by the way, Moniac's big two-run home run. I think that was probably the most excited that we, we've been on a page since uh, Heaney was traded on the trade deadline a couple years ago. We were lit, man. It was like we won the lottery that day. Yeah, it was. Yes, yes, Todd, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was a lot of fun. But, yeah, we were, we got pretty excited on that one. All three of us knew it when it went off his bat. And uh, he got that revenge on Castillo. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Angels closed it out. It was, it was a beautiful win. Yeah, absolutely. So, Saturday's game, uh, <laughs> Patrick Sandoval. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about him. Um, he's struggling. He is not looking like the Patrick Sandoval of the World Baseball Classic or even last year. Three and six now, mm-hmm. five innings pitched, gave up 10 hits, five runs, all of them earned, struck out eight, and his season ERA is now 4.52. Are you worried? Yes. 
I am very worried about him because this is his fifth straight loss. I think me and you, we talked on a podcast right after he won his third game of the year, and we were thinking, okay, three and one, he's got about a 2.45 ERA. Yep. He's not dominating, but he's get, he's getting the job done. And see, even with a loss like this, he he still had eight strikeouts. But it's like, man, you're putting the ball, you're not finishing um, hitters. You know, he's he's leaving those O2 because, like Gubas always says, oh man, there's another O2 pitch too high and in the zone, and guys are are you know they're extending innings and with two outs, it's hurting the Angels. And he was the king at doing that so far, and still is. And it's been tough to watch because. This isn't, like you said, the World Baseball Classic uh, Sandoval. You know, this is even close to what he was doing last year. And uh, we need him to be that power two guy. And five in a row, man, I'm like, I'm very anxious to see what he does in his next start here in Kansas City. I want to give Patrick Sandoval the benefit of the doubt because he's been burned by this team more often than not in the sense of he's been a overall good pitcher in his career and at times great. Right now, he's just in a bit of a funk. And I think one of the biggest reasons is because he feels like he needs to do everything right now. Mm -hmm. He feels like he needs to get that third strike because I don't think he trusts the defense behind him fully. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have the benefit of the shift like last year. You're absolutely correct. Um, just, I wish he would pitch with more confidence and because it does suck to see a guy like Tyler Anderson labor and get a lot of run support. And then yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And me and you were at the game against Miami. It's like two to nothing. And, you know, um, he did pitch pretty decent. That's probably one of his best starts out of the five that he's lost. Yeah. He just I, no I don't blame support. him for that loss. Yeah. He just got no run support that game. We lost what? Two zero that day. Two to zero. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't blame him for that. Anytime you're starting pitcher, can give up less than three runs, they put their team in a position to win, in my opinion. Now, three runs, like anything over like five innings. I know five innings isn't a quality start. It's six, but I mean, still. It's a quality um, start for us. Yeah, it's good <laughs> enough for the Angels. Uh, Aaron Loop did not have a bad game that time. Mm -hmm. um, it was the final game where I think, actually, no, it was the first game against Texas where Loop actually gave up a run. But he, up to that point, hadn't been pitching horribly. Yeah. I was starting to maybe have a little more faith in it. Not a lot, but just a little bit more. Uh, Gerardo Reyes came up for a quick sip of coffee, went back down, kind of like uh, Grandpa Simpson in The Simpsons where he comes in, puts his head on the rack, walks back. <laughs> See, that's what you should have did when he was sent down. You should be like, hey, he's called up, and then show him walking out. <laughs> yeah, 100% Reyes right there. Uh, and then your boy, Tucker Davidson. Oh. Uh. Uh, two innings pitched, did not give up any runs. His season ERA is now 6.48. That guy is like the the best way to describe him is describe him as like a friends with benefits. He's just kind of there. You go in there, you get the deed done with your friend. You know, <laughs> you're all, and, what's up, man? You don't talk to her or him, I guess, whatever side of the fence you're on. Uh, -huh. uh you don't talk to them again for like two weeks, and then you're like, hey, you up? <laughs> like, that's kind of like Tucker Davidson. He comes in. Like, like, hey, you're not doing anything. Come on over. Yeah, I'm feeling horny. Come over here. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to avoid said terms, but yes, okay. That's, that's... <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. So uh, Tucker Davis is just kind of there at this point. Mm. Doesn't really pitch often, you know. Just kind of send him the winky face text, and he's he knows what's up. Yeah, it's sort of like one of those things where you you uh, see him warming in the pen. You're all, oh, we still got that guy. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
but uh yeah that one was an ugly one on saturday um <laughs> you know i'm glad i, I was had gonna a make a beers. magic johnson joke but oh, go for it man no <laughs> i'll make it off here <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh anyway with that being said that was an ugly loss uh six to two correct wasn't it against us uh, yeah uh, yes yeah, yeah, very meh on the offensive side. Didn't get nothing done. Made Wu a spot starter look very good, and uh, that's been a problem. Sandoval just didn't have it. Was uh, in and out of trouble for the first four innings, and before they got to him, pretty good there. So, was Wu the guy I watched in Texas like the week before? I think it was right. Yeah, the one that got lit up for uh, yeah by the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, seven runs in two innings or something. So I was expecting the Angels at least to tap four on him, but they didn't. Yeah, you should you should have known. <laughs> it's kind of like a number nine hitter batting a buck 25 this guy's hitting for the cycle yeah right <laughs> jeez and then what was shocking was sunday you know because i we heard that there was gonna be another rookie going for the mariners but then they bumped him out for gilbert another guy who usually pitches really good against the angels but not this time nope uh but let's talk about griffin canning real quick mm-hmm. so five innings pitch seven hits uh, three earned runs, seven Ks. He did give up two homers, so, you know, got bit by the gopher ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. His season ERA is now 4.56, though. I'll take this kind of start from Griffin Cannon. I don't think he's going to have the start that he had, what, three starts ago where he went like eight innings or something like that, seven innings? Yeah, that was an aberration, but he's yeah. good for five to six, and I think that's all you needed from him. He just continues to have that one bad inning. And once he yeah. gets through that one bad inning, he seems to settle down either, you know, so um, he did pretty good in this game and he gave every opportunity for the angels to keep the lead. And, and they did, and uh, they, they piled on runs. They had add on runs. So I was kind of impressed, you know, that that was a, a nice way to end the homestand. Yeah. Let's talk about the the kid who just hit the weight room, Zach Neto, two homers in one <laughs> game, man. Um, love to see it out of the guy. You know, he got his average up to that point to 253 um i don't mind seeing that out of a rookie i mean you know a rookie who's batting 253 who was literally in college a year ago that's like an anomaly at that point that's crazy that's that's insane yeah i'm very i'm very impressed by him he's a um he's a really good focused hitter we knew that talking to him that he had that it factor you know he has that moxie I keep thinking this guy's going to be a freaking captain of this team and a leader in the clubhouse at some point. Um, he's just, he's got it all. And, and his defense speaks for itself. Uh, but, but he's just got everything we wanted in a shortstop and much more. And this guy is only 22 years old. So uh, yeah, he had a hell of a game, uh, two home runs. He, he was constantly on base. So it was awesome. It was awesome to see. Yeah. He has been one of the best and most pleasant surprises this season um and yeah i I give this kid a lot of credit man i mean to be able to do what he's doing at the age he's doing when the expectations were not nearly this high that's awesome and you know before anyone's like well it's so early on like we've seen him struggle for a little bit and now he's gotten out of it you know we saw him struggle for a week and he figured it out again and that's what you want to see out of a young guy can they get knocked down and get right back up because a lot of the times they get knocked down and they turn into squid and they stay down. And it's kind of like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, where he's like laying face down in a puddle. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what Squiddy Poo did. See, I had a I had a 90s reference, but I thought twice of it. Now I'm gonna say it anyway. Cause when you said you get knocked down, you get up again. I was gonna say Chumba Wumba. Song. 
I, no, you don't, you don't know? oh come on you don't know that one all right whatever like no, two people no two people listening will be like oh there it is i got yeah, it the, i think like only like uh what was it like 12 percent of our audience is like over the age of 40 <laughs> so <laughs> most of them are like in their 20s <laughs> 20s or younger yeah that's my bad there some 30s yeah exactly you got some like somehow we got some like eight-year-old to watch the show according to the statistics and i'm like i don't know if that's okay <laughs> yeah they shouldn't be those are probably hunter's friends yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Hi, hi, Hunter's friends. We love, we love Hunter. Big, big fan of his. He, he needs to come back on the show. Yeah, I need to get him on the show soon. Here. Yeah, stat, stat. <laughs> uh, so Matt Dice, uh, he had two hits this game, but he is starting to come down to earth a little bit. He's now batting two seventy five. Mm. So hey, once again, I mean, I'll take that out of Matt Dice. Uh, Brandon Drury continues to stay hot. Um, he he's been another good surprise because he was struggling for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see who else in this game. Uh, Ren Hifo went over. You know me, I was never sold on Ren Hifo. You were a Ren Hifo cat, I was not. Yep, yep. Um, that's that's all I have for the Angels. Uh, let me see. Davinsky continued to look good. His season array is now 2.01. So, uh, and Soriano, let's talk about him for a second. Two innings, his ERA is still a dazzling 0.0. .0. I love this guy's moxie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he seems to have Neto's like it factor too. He's out there, not scared, um, just going in, balls deep. He doesn't care. And, you know, he's throwing his best pitches and he's got total confidence and it seems like control of his pitching. So yeah. I, I'm excited to see this kid, another one of these Perry guys. Yeah, balls and balls and John Stamos. Exactly. Um, but man, Soriano. Speaking of which, did you hear this latest one? John Stamos choked on me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, I have not. I missed the last like two shows. What about this one? And of course, I was pretty cocky when I wanted to get that over with, sit oh. down, and be on with. But now that it's actually oh, on my body and it's, and it's run, running up my butt right now, yeah. I kind of like guy John Stamos. <laughs> You pay him to do a cameo? Jeez. <laughs> uh, sorry, I can't endorse other podcasts. Only AMA 30. He's got this one, too. The best-looking guy to ever walk the face of the earth. John Stamos. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if you can really debate that, though. Yeah. I mean... I, I'm a secure enough man to be like, you know what? John Stamos is a handsome man. Exactly. <laughs> oh, our, our boy Soriano came in a pitch right now. Nice. And Aaron Loop, I don't think, gave up any runs. Yeah, that's a positive right there. Although, uh, jury struck out with the bases loaded, that would have been Trout's spot. Par for the course, par for the course. <laughs> yeah, nothing really changed then. Maybe it's the third spot. Not, yeah, Maybe it's it was, That could be. Call Squiddy Pua, put him in third. Oh, God. I mean, nobody's going to score anyway. <laughs> someone someone sent me a link that, that uh, Squiddy Pua's got something like a 20-game on base streak or something like that. Oh, that was me. He he apparently has the longest minor league record for the most like longest amount of games on base, like in a row. Wow. Like something insane. I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, yeah, that's a fun fact. <laughs> you would have never guessed him. I wouldn't have. But uh Yeah, I, I haven't really looked at his minor league numbers, but I would not put it past him to think that he's a four A kind of guy. Yeah, I don't I don't think we'll ever see him up here again. At least I hope not. 
Uh, we will for sure at some point. Hopefully, it's not with the Angels, though. Hopefully, it's with like the A's. And I say that, you know, if he goes to Oakland, he's going to be like a perennial MVP every year. Yeah. Guy's batting like 357. <laughs> yeah, or he'll hit a walk off continually against the Angels, one of the two. Yeah, every time. Uh, Jimmy Hergen, the human glitch, also pitched this game and uh, did well. One inning, didn't give up anything. Clean inning. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Hergit, do you do you see an avenue where he's with the Angels long term out of the bullpen, or do you think he's just kind of going to be a four A 4A guy? I think yeah. as as far as now, he's going to wind up turning into one because of the depth on the team. I think last year he shined, yeah. and for whatever reason, this year he hasn't put it together or or been given the opportunities that these other pitchers have gotten. But you got to look at the guys that have been replacing him. You know, it seems like the more times he gets you know, sent down, he gets called, you know, it's, it's for someone really, really good or young kid. And then, um, you know, they're outshining him. So they bring, you know, they have an injury, they bring him up and then they have to send him right back down for another kid. It's like, man, we're talking about an opportunity here. I mean, most likely when, when more comes up, they're going to send her get back down. Um, any of these other pitchers like wants is down there. If they want to add more guys, you know, then maybe Tucker goes. Uh, so, I mean, you're really not seeing those bad bullpen pieces outside of loop. And even loop has looked halfway decent the last few outings. I know we're going to talk about it right now when we talk about the very last Rangers game where he finally gave up a run, but he had a pretty good little stretch there where he was okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this Angels bullpen out of nowhere kind of got it together. Uh, and it's with the guys that you think would have been unlikely, right? I mean, nobody thought that, you know, Soriano would come up immediately and take the world by storm. You know, we were kind of hoping that would happen out of Ben Joyce, but not only, you know, were people talking the talk for him, but he decided to walk the walk. You know, Davinsky, good. There, there's a lot of these guys who are stepping up, and that's what the Angels needed. Yeah, you even have guys like Weiss. You know, Weiss came in there. He wasn't exactly electric. But he had good stuff. He gave a run here, run there, but it wasn't like devastating. So it's like, well, we know we got a guy like Wants. We know we got Weiss and others. That's why, you know, this might be the last call up for Hergit because you got other pitchers that are still knocking on the door we haven't seen. You know, a couple of these other ones that have been down for injury or uh, down to bring up these other young kids. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to see how far the bullpen has come, like from what we thought it was a, a disaster in April. Yeah, I'd still maybe like one more piece added to maybe provide a little bit of stability, but um, I, I like where we currently are. Yeah, me too. So let's now talk about what I asked for the question of the day, if this was the game of the year. So the first game in Texas, the Angels finally won an extra inning contest. They won nine to six, and they won it against a first place team. You can continue to say what you want about the Rangers, and they're going to drop off one day, but this is a team that has already won 40 games. Mm-hmm. And they have one of the highest run differentials in all of baseball. Yep. I personally believe that the Rangers are a legitimate threat. I think we've crossed that threshold where you need to start looking at them as a potential playoff team. This goes from, we always thought this was going to be a three horse race in the division. We thought Seattle was going to be one of those teams. I don't think they're for real. So I think it's going to be the Rangers, the Astros, and then potentially us. So the angels are able to squeak it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Anderson did enough to give the Angels a chance to win, question mark. Um, six innings pitched, five earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. His season ERA is now a wonderful 5.8. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that was one that uh, 
surprised the crap out of me that he went six. Yeah, and that just, you know, um, in a place like Texas, because that, that ballpark at times you hit a lazy fly ball. It's sort of like, you know, Yankee stadium, you could hit one out. Like I'm, I'm, I want to go there in August and, and catch what that stadium is really about when I go with you out there. And, uh, you know, because this was, a this was a fun, fun game. I think that question was great. You know, even uh, Carlos Estevez liked it. Um, <laughs> it, it was, it was, a throw great, that in there. Yeah. I had to throw it in there. That's some clout right there. When, when our closer says, hell yeah, good game, you know, yeah. like he agrees. So yeah, that was really, really exciting because even how you said it, you know, we're expecting a loss when we go to extra innings because of how we play in extra innings. And the fact that the bullpen was nails late in the game and you had Otani's, you know, home run to, to save it. Wallach comes up there with a pinch hit home run. And you had all the other big plays, Neto making that play at short uh, and, and, and freaking Ward at first base, scooping one like an all, like Mark Teixeira used to do. And Neto making that catch in left field like he's making one in outfield or, uh, I'm sorry, third base side like he would in outfield. I mean, there was just so much to take out of that game. It was so good. Uh, very intense game. Um, it was almost one of those where you were sad to see it over. Yeah, I mean, and luckily it, the Angels were on the right side of the fence here because this game could have easily gone the opposite direction where we're sitting there giving out nacho nice to the entire team and to, <laughs> and to Phil Nevin and you're on here, you know, in the post game spewing. But you know what? Could this be considered an ugly win? Perhaps. But this is one of those wins that changes the course of your season. Mm -hmm. Because if you lose this game, this is one of the ones that really weighs you down. But the fact that the Angels were able to squeak it out, especially behind such a dominant Otani performance with a bat, this is a feel-good win for this team. Yeah, it was. I mean, again, both those home runs were, were you know, we've always talked about it. If he's able to spray the ball, you know, um, all over the field, you know, you know, Otani's right. You know, he's not having those swings, at least in the last three, four games where his helmet was, you know, flying around and stuff. Um, he had he had a tremendous bomb to left center. And then the, the winning home run was left field down the line. And so he didn't have to pull the ball. He's just making contact and solid contact. So that was really good to see. Um, just defensively, I've just been impressed by this team um, playing so much better. I think they showed a stat in tonight's game where the Angels were, I think, minus 29 in errors and stuff like that, differential, and they improved to 12, and I think they're something like 20, plus 24 this year. So um, they're doing much, much better defensively, and um, it's just it's really good to see. And again, like they had to come up with some really good defensive plays to hold Texas, especially from the eighth, ninth um, to the, uh, to, to the 11th, basically, or actually to the 12th when uh, loop had to come in, but there was some, you know, Estevez pitching really great. Bachman was legit on fire, two innings pitched. So, I mean, it was just really, really nice game. Yeah. Yeah. And the bullpen did really well too in this game. Like you said, 